Welcome to She's a 10 times 5. You got it. That's the big 5-0. Listen along as we try to figure out our what's next as we venture into this new age of reinvention. Through relatable topics, real-life stories, and inspiring guests, join us on our journey of growth and laughter. Hey, I'm Lori, former Army Airborne Captain, but don't let that fool you. I'm the loose cannon. And I'm Lisa, a girl's girl who loves sugar, but watch out for that spice. Let's do this. hoo <laughs> doing great that was awesome <laughs> Play a little al pacino over there from, yeah. Uh, yeah i love it scent of a woman yes <laughs> <laughs> okay don't uh, make me laugh too hard okay things happen we started this one off with a bang <laughs> i know well hi hi how are we um great 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 well i just thought it would <laughs> ring with our theme today. A hundred percent does. Yeah. And did you Google that or <laughs> did someone tell you that we say that? Well, you know, it might have been in my research. Okay. <laughs> that was just brilliant. All right. Let's get our acts together here. Okay. Ooh. All right. <laughs> okay. So how are you? Let, let You want to like, I am in uh, it, almost empty nest or go mode. I, I know. I have two that already left and came back. I'm like, damn it! Yeah. When do you leave again? Like, not that I don't love having them home, but now I'm 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 all in. I've committed. I'm ready for this. And now I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Summer's over. Go 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 back to school. Yeah. No, not really. But you know what I mean. I'm excited. I'm excited. I have been an emotional mess. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. So I'm still in. I'm heading towards the finish line, and then and then I'll get my act together. I promise. Yeah. But I it's know. been. I you know I told you I was in the kitchen the other night cooking dinner with the hubs and you know I just start to cry at the drop of a dime oh yeah I feel you yeah I, I, I mean who who's gonna eat my prison food <laughs> <laughs> well you won't have to make prison food anymore right oh I, I guess I know I know I, I just finished dropping off and you know I will say if you can get all your crying done before you get there it does help it like it's like a pressure gap it takes takes the pressure off and then when you say goodbye you're kind of all cried out at least that's what happened with me good i'm hoping that's what happened and you know then i start to cry because we put our house on the market and you know this has 18 plus years yeah it's where it's gone down i don't know what'll happen but well you know what you just just gotta you know reframe it into it's the start of new and it's exciting and it's a new chapter, right? Instead of, you know, and, and try not to feed the dragon of sadness. Yeah. So it, it's, which is easy I'm gonna to I'm going to slay do. that dragon. You're going to slay it like a mother. Like a mother. <laughs> like a mother. That was such a good episode. Love talking to her. Okay. Well, let's talk about you a little more. And you, you have so many facets about you. But one thing that comes up all the time is your West Point background. And we've had so many people. I know they've asked you. They've asked me. Every time I go on a podcast as a guest, it's like the thing. It comes up a lot. People have a lot of curiosity about it. And I just want to know how that little kid who bought candy in bulk and sold it on the corner, little miss budding entrepreneur ended up in West Point. I mean, it's just crazy to me, your story. And so I want to dig into that today. That's why I opened with a little hoo Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I think kind of how I would like to frame this because the woman side comes up a lot, but I think mm-hmm. did that shit really happen? Yeah. And that shit really happen. That's what people want to know. 
mm-hmm. did that shit really happen? And so let's roll. Let's I, roll. I, I know you've done your, re- you're the Google queen. You've done your I research. I did do some research today, but I think I've just really, the research really came from our guests and our friends who have, I've been listening and you've been listening and, you know, we hear these things same things come up. And I think the biggest thing they want to know is what was it like to be a woman at West Point and, and, and how were women treated differently? I mean, that kind of was the start of all of it in, in all the questions that we got was. Yeah. What and, was, and what questions, I mean, I did a podcast yesterday and, and the same kind of mm-hmm. mindset was there. You know, when I was at the Academy, it was very early on when women had been there. Mm-hmm. And I do not think we were accepted yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we weren't. It, it was not a good thing for a lot of past graduates that the academy had gone. They just, they weren't ready. They had adopted women into yes. the fold. At points, I felt hostility. I did feel uh, a little bit like since I passed the eye test, I didn't have the same pressures as other women who right. maybe, you know, I looked, I was fit. Because I was mm-hmm. a runner. Mm-hmm. So one, I could keep up with the guys. And two, I was trim because of running. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think me passing that eye test was was really important. But I think a lot of the girls that and women that struggled uh, physically had the hardest time because that led right. to the hazing and that led to the judgment and you shouldn't be here. You can't keep up. Right. And it took a long time to shake that paradigm in the classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, once Mm -hmm. we got to the academic year and they started to realize, wow, she's really smart. So it was tough. Well, and I will say, I mean, knowing your personality, like you had you have a great way of knowing how to be one of the guys if you need to be. And and not all women can do that. And I think that that is an arena that served you well, where you could chum and pal and do that and make them feel like you weren't such an adversary, if you will. I can't think of the right word, but you know what I'm trying to say? Some women have a a better camaraderie with men than others. And your natural camaraderie with men in a friend way, I think helped you too. Yeah, I would agree. I think me being an athlete and a daddy's girl Mm -hmm. for a very long time, you know, sitting down, I I do think that I was able to handle the banter. Right. We did have a lot of times where, you know, you're, you're in the boys club, it's 10 to one. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, that, and in fact, with attrition, it was probably closer to 15 to 20 men per woman by the time I was a junior. But, you know, a lot of trash talking, a lot of inappropriate stuff. And you had to be yeah. able to say, OK, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, guys, come on, stop. Knock it off. Some women couldn't do that. And that made it difficult for them, for sure. But I think I think what's really great now, and I addressed this on in the Title IX episode we did What's really great now is you go back and there's not female cadets mm-hmm. anymore. It's just cadets. Right. We've come a long way, baby. That's key. Yeah. But, you know, just like in the corporate world, in, if you're in a specific industry and it's primarily male dominated, I mm-hmm. think that, gosh, Kelly Masters, hey, we've brought up like five guests. But I know. You're fighting an uphill battle because the, the stereotypes are there. And I think that was the case with women at West Point for sure. Yeah. No, I agree. And then some of the women felt pressure to therefore act like a guy. Mm-hmm. And then that didn't get them anywhere. And then there were some women, especially if they were on the, you know, cute girls that used their femininity in their behalf. Mm-hmm. And, and that didn't go over well. So mm-hmm. you kind of had to just find your middle lane and, and just lock out the noise. 
But do you hear what you're saying? It's like so sad. I mean, a woman has to, she can't be this, but she's got to be enough of that. But she's got to be thin, but she's got to be sporty, but she can't be too much. She can't be too feminine. There's so many things we can and can't do. We're, we're constantly trying to fit in the perfect little box that is never the same box in, in all these situations. And it's so frustrating just listening to you say that. It's <clears throat> kind of sad. Well, yeah. I mean, th- you said just something really powerful is you, you're stuffed in a box. Yeah. Like this is the the code, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, genetic code of what who you're going to be and how you're. I mean, look, we all wear the same fucking socks, right? Right. Like everyone looks the same. Everyone should act the same, and mm-hmm. the discipline and and things like that. I agree. There's not a lot of room for individualities. No, 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 no. Okay, so what was the hardest part of that? Was it you know, there's discipline, there's being a woman, there's <laughs> academics, there's physical. What were some of the hardest or what would you say was the hardest part of acclimating in that dynamic with those? I think for me personally, I think it was seasonal. So what do you mean by that? Summer. Okay. In in summer training when I first showed up. Okay. I think it was it was the discipline. It was fire hose to the mouth. First of all, they're teaching you how to be a cadet and you're going through basic training for like, just like a private in the, in the regular right. army. Like we see in the movies. Yeah. I think that the discipline was really hard. And I think just having to realize like, oh my God, I, like the army stuff was really, I, I didn't initially like to wear all the clothes and mm-hmm. I felt like I was losing a little bit of who I was because I was right, and that I was conforming. And so I think my first few months, it was understanding that, okay, exactly what we just talked about. I'm in a box. And then it became when we got into the academic year, because now you're a college student yeah, too. right. It literally was so hard. The schooling there is so hard. And, and the reason why that is, I, to some degree, understand it. It's much like business school is they try to weed you out quickly. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. There's no electives. It's all, this is your schedule. And it's it's chemistry, math, really hard math, by the way, English. Like it's all of those courses. And it's just like high school mm-hmm. all over, but on steroids. But And then if you're an athlete like I was, I still had to do my training. And then I had to do my leadership training on top of that. Mm-hmm. So as I headed into the academic year, it was the course load was gnarly and you didn't have time to like, do anything. Right. We had classes on Saturdays. Ugh. There was no underwater basket weaving. <laughs> no, no, no electives like that no, or Sunday, music in the movies. Yeah. Sunday was your day off and everyone slept. Oh, all you're day. just mentally exhausted. You're, you're exhausted, you know, uh, because you go from wake up is at like, you know, for me, because I ran was about 520. And then you have mandatory breakfast. So you've a formation and then everyone, everyone eats at the same time, like almost 4,000 cadets eat at the same time. It's the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And then so much time to eat. You are given only about 15 minutes to eat. Oh my God. So, and then you're off to classes Mm -hmm. and then you have lunch formation. This is day in the life. Mm -hmm. And then you have more classes Mm -hmm. and then you're, you probably wrap up your academic shit about uh, three o'clock. And then either you're going to your sport, mm-hmm. and if you're not an intercollegiate athlete, then you are required to do an intramural sport and or drill and ceremony 
So you see those fancy parades that we put on all the time at West right. Point. You, you see it all the time. It that is what we have to practice to do that. Wow. So if you're if you're a D one athlete, then mm-hmm. you're you're free to go. But but then you're you're at practice when I, and then there's dinner formation. And then there's studying. Like I'm assuming you have you know studying to do. Yes, yeah, so you tests. get done with you. Go, you get back to your room. You have dinner formation, and then after dinner, it's you know you're cramming in about twenty four credit hours worth of homework. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's crazy. And then taps. What is taps? So at eleven thirty, they play the song taps. You know you've uh-huh. probably heard it in music, um, or excuse me, movies. But they play a song and, you know, and then we have a half hour for lights out. And if you're caught with your lights on after midnight, you get disciplined. Wow. So, I mean, it's just. And then it's Groundhog Day the next day. And it just starts all over again. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, first of all, you know, it's it's there's a whole method to the madness. And, you know, that's military life. And someone will say, well, that's what you went in the military. That's what you get. But it's the whole layer on top of it at that time. All the other things that you're taking into it as a woman. And so were there additional I know let's talk about the hazing obviously hazing was there but as a woman did you feel it more did they have I mean tell me some of those things what was going on there well there's one thing that people need to understand is when you're a freshman and we call freshmen smacks and plebes Mm -hmm. call them a plebe just because that's the formal name and I and smacks because if an upperclassman walks by you in the hallway you have to smack against the wall and greet them Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I definitely think that hazing for women and certain personality types were were really, really hard. And you had a lot of, they gave you a lot of reasons to yell at you. Yeah. So you had to know common knowledge. So you had to basically read the front page of the New York Times, both the front page and the sports section. You had to know academy type of knowledge. So General Douglas MacArthur's address. You had to, mm-hmm. you had to memorize all that shit. Mm-hmm. It's in a little book. Then they would have just, you know, the, your appearance. Is your, is your brass shiny? Is it, you know, whatever? You didn't, your hat wasn't correct. So anytime you would go out in the hallway, anytime that you were in a formation, you were subject to basically being asked questions and, mm-hmm. and kind of being toyed with, so to speak. Sure. It was hard. You're vulnerable. At, at the tables. I mean, th- Randy Crawford, this is for you. So when you're at a table eating, mm-hmm. there's probably seven upperclassmen and three plebes, freshmen. And you have duties. One is, one is the dessert person. One is the beverage person. And one is just kind of the announcer. Mm-hmm. You kind of announce stuff like, you know, whatever we're eating for dinner, you know. You and, have to announce that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can't just see? Oh, God. Well, what happens is the, you pa- you pass around the trays, right? Uh-huh. And then the person that's the freshman's at the bottom of the table, the bud of the table, would say, would pick up, like, let's say it's fish, okay? Or mm-hmm. you'd pick up the tray and you'd say, sir, there are three and a butt servings of fish remaining. Would anyone else care for more fish? And then you set it down. Mm. So you're kind of just, you know, it's just formalizing. But the beverage person was really, really the hard one because if you had upperclassmen that did not like you or they wanted to mess with you, every meal would be different. So, okay, I was a little writer back then. Okay, writer, you need to give me half orange juice, half water. 
on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Ugh. On Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I want three ice cubes in my juice. And for, you know, it, it went on yeah. and on. Yeah. And you had you... You had to memorize all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you were set up they, to fail. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they would let you have a little card next to you. Uh-huh. And then you, you're not allowed to look around as a freshman. And that was really hard for me because I'm very curious and nosy. And so um, you always have to look down or straight in front of your yourself. And so <laughs> that's, I get yelled at more about that than anything, I think. Because wow. I always try to peek around and look. Mm-hmm. And I, if you get caught, you get, you get in trouble. And you don't even realize you're doing it, you know? I mean, oh, I knew. Oh, you knew? <laughs> yeah, you come to know. I, and sometimes I would look at my classmates because when they would start to spaz, I, w- I would have to try to make eye contact with them like, oh, buddy, you're going down. <laughs> yeah. But we, you know, we, they had some fun hazing types of stuff too. Like we had, you get a ring when you're a senior, and it was really fun because the freshmen deliver the laundry and we deliver the newspaper to the upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, they'll leave their ring out, a senior would. And, and if you can steal that bad boy, then you hold the upperclassmen hostage for like pizzas and whatever oh. to get it back. You know, and they would have role reversal nights where we could, we would haze them. That was really fun. So some of it was just rites of passage, you know? Sure, sure, sure. And did you see anything that, or have anything happen that you wish you hadn't? Well, I think what I learned is we always assume that we learn from good leaders. We do. Yeah. But I think we learn a lot from bad leaders. For sure. People that get a power trip. And there Mm -hmm. were definitely some upperclassmen, because the juniors are probably the biggest hazes. Because they're finally upperclassmen. They're real upperclassmen. And the the seniors are checked out. They're Mm -hmm. like ready to become officers. They've got a lot of privilege. They've got cars now. You're not Mm -hmm. allowed to have a car till your senior year on campus. And so the juniors are kind of like in your face all the time. And there was a few that just out of control. I could not leave my room. I couldn't leave the bathroom without getting an earful, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. I had an upperclassman reach out to me on Facebook and he was one that um, I'm telling you, he was hard. Mm -hmm. Calling Mr. Dominguez. (laughs) Anyways, Juan Dominguez was, but he was, he was, he was very, very tough but he was very, very fair. But he did reach out to me on Facebook and said, I'm sorry. Oh, I feel so nice. bad. I was so mean to you. Yeah. Aww. And my roommate was really cute. She was from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And when, after you go through the gauntlet, and I would say most people quit right when they, the freshman year, right when they can, mm-hmm. like three weeks, they you have to stick with it and then you can quit right when they can or at the end of boot camp. Okay. Which we call Beast Barracks because it becomes even more intense with more upperclassmen on campus and then the schedules and stuff. And or they leave at the end of the year. And but you get this thing. It's called recognition. And it's really cool. So what happens is you when you're a freshman can only call upperclassmen by yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. sir. Or sir, I do not understand. That's the only thing you can address with them. And they they never talk to you. Like you can't talk to an upperclassman, it's, you know. So they put you in a circle and this is graduation for the senior class. And now you're going to graduate to become a sophomore. And they call you by your first name and they say, welcome. Mm, oh, wow. Hey, Lori, welcome. It's the first time you've heard yeah. it. And I'm going to I'm gonna tell you, we were in a semicircle and there was a line, a line to 
addressed my roommate and I because I think we had gotten we gotten a lot of shit. <laughs> like, yeah. If you didn't hear Ryder and Edwards in the hallway, like something was wrong. Like, oh right. my god, is someone dead? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. I can't help but think that people love to make the comparison with you and the image of Private Ryan, Goldie Hawn. I mean, you're beautiful, big blue eyes, your blonde hair. Private Benjamin. Private, yeah. What did I say? You're Private Ryan. Private. Yes. No. Sorry. He was a guy from private Normandy. Benjamin. Yes. No. <laughs> private. I even had written a Private Benjamin, Goldie Hawn. But I mean, how many times have you heard that? I mean, you, I think that's a visual that. People get. Yeah. But I mean, how does that make you feel? I don't know. Does it irritate you? No. No. It doesn't because I kind of was like Private Benjamin at times. I didn't, I don't like to be dirty. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't really good in the field. Right. And there's that iconic scene with Goldie Hawn and she's in the rain and she's just like, ah. And then she finally gets her shit together. I mean, I, I remember sitting. Because when you're in the field, that's what we call it in the field. So you're doing like military shit. I remember another woman because you had to do like night guard okay. with a woman. Oh, yeah. Because okay. God, you, like, cause, you know, you're feeling really sexy in your battle dress uniform. So you're, you're going to get it on with the, the male cadet. I mean, it was right. ridiculous. Right. But so we would be partnered with a woman and we were sitting there and it was it was a balmy summer night. And it just started like ri- like just the rain came pelting down and. We were stuck outside just getting soaked. And I looked at her and I go, dude, I'm out of here. I go, (laughs) she goes, me too. I go, no, seriously, when, as soon as like the sun comes up and we're off, I'm out of here. When everyone's up, I'm I'm quitting. I'm done. I'm, you know, I'm going to transfer. I I don't even care where it is. So the sun came up and then I kind of changed my mind and she didn't. (gasps) She quit. I know. She's like, you're not quitting? And I'm like, no, I I just was, yeah. Having a bad moment. But so the private Benjamin, and that doesn't bother me. That's good. That's good. I mean, I mean, Hollywood glamorizes it. And I didn't know if it was something that already dumbs (laughs) it down, all your hard efforts and work and, you know, the path you took. But at the same time, it's a little bit of a compliment because you are damn cute. So thank you. Yes. Okay, listeners, you're not imagining things. We are taking a break to make a really cool announcement. This episode is sponsored by Olive Your Life. Yes, we are partnering with them in their International Dinner Club, which is a fun dinner party with menus, wine, and great conversation. Yes, it is, Lisa, and we have done it in our own home, too, so yes. we know. So fill your life with flavor by bringing people together and the world to your plate. The Mediterranean Bundle Dinner Plan you can create anywhere. It's so fun. Go to our Instagram at cheesy 10 times 5 You can see pictures of our night that we did it with our friends. We were Italy that night. And click the link in our bio for more information. Well, you pretty much answered my next question, which was, how did you get through it and not drop out? It sounds like that was one of your lowest points. But what are some common story or what are what are some of your favorite stories to tell or or things that people want to hear about about your experience I think everyone loves when I talk about the meals mm-hmm. because it, it it is true that if you don't get your bite and th- like your food down in three bites you go that's a big bite writer right and then you get in trouble like you get penalized like they don't let you eat 
So and is they, this did, they, they don't ask, do that anymore. Can I ask you, Was I mean, is I'm assuming that they do this because if you're ever in battle, you're not going to, you, you have to be efficient in your eating. I mean, I don't know. What it's, is the point? I don't really think there is any other point other than just the discipline. And discipline. The discipline. Okay. So, so a funny story is out front of the mass hall is a statue of George Washington. Mm-hmm. And there was a common dessert. We'd have it once a week. We had a dessert at every meal, lunch and dinner. And you would have to cut the cake properly, depending on how many people. And sometimes you had to use almost like a protractor to do it. Because if there are seven slices, you had to make each one even and clean. And God forbid it was walnut brownie, because that's really hard to cut clean. I'm yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like plowing the, yeah. the field. But if, regardless if your cake was perfect, they would probably make you go out and apologize to to George Washington and say, I'm really sorry for raping your wife's cake or whatever they would say. <laughs> but people love to hear about the mess hall. Because it, it is yeah. it is something. And it's I think it's the iconic thing that people like see in movies or or reference things to. Yes. The inspections were are also really fun. Yes. E. E. Sorta. Was it that scary? I mean, you know, they could- I always said they can't hit me, so I'm not going to be scared of the hazing. So I that that's the mantra I adopted. Well, mm-hmm. you're going to yell, but you can't hit me. But I used to I didn't have any free time because I was always in trouble. <laughs> I mean, literally, like my my, you know, I was probably, you know, sitting in my room or walking the area, which really sucked because, you know, I never got to leave. But I had one uh, I have one funny story that everyone loves to hear and and this was when I was in, just starting a leadership position. And Wait, I, what year were you? I was a sophomore. Okay. And you start to get a little bit, like now you're in charge of a few cadets, and then junior year you've got a bigger role, and then senior year you've got big big right. leadership jobs. So I was assigned my three cadets, and I'm convinced that someone who wasn't very favorable to me mm-hmm. gave me this kid from summer because they saw him, and his name was his name was Pickett. Mm-hmm. Pickett's probably doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. Maybe Elon Musk. I don't know. But Pickett was a spaz. I, it couldn't help the kid. He'd right. have he'd have a room inspection, and there would be boogers on his towel. <laughs> it was just, he it was he was a he was a walking dumpster and you were fire. The inspector? No, I was or... in charge of him. So what happens is if your cadets aren't squared away, it's you get you get a leadership grade. And it there. rolls up to you. It's yeah. part of your mm-hmm. class rank is leadership. Okay. So you have academics, you have leadership, mm-hmm. and you have your physical fitness part that mm-hmm. you have to maintain. So I get this guy picket and every like lunch formation is is a really big inspection, but every Wednesday is what we call haircut formation. Okay. So you got to get everyone has clean haircuts and the, and the women at that time could not wear their hair long. They had to wear it above the collar. We weren't allowed wow. to wear it long. Yeah. So everyone had bobs. Yeah. Or, shorter. or short hair. Or shorter. Yeah. 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 And we didn't have anyone to cut our hair. Hmm. So it was like we had this one lady and she, she was there to do guy's hair, not really girl's hair. So it was like Edward Scissorhand. Oh, like, no. It was, you would have hated it. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> you like thought, my you, worst you nightmare. You thought your pixie cut looked bad. Right? You should have oh, seen me my man. freshman year. It was not pretty. Okay. So back to Pickett. So Pickett comes down and he doesn't have a name tag. And so I said, Pickett. Where's your name tag? And he goes, no excuse, ma'am. So I run to my room and I get a bait Navy temporary. So he puts it on. I go, okay, pick it. You got to go first thing and get a name tag. Right. So the next formation he shows up and 
he has a name tag. And I'm like, okay, good. He did something right. And the name tag said, ticket. (laughs) Ticket. Did he make it himself? No, you got to go to a cadet store to get it done. It's like the name tags, oh, like Jesus. real name tags. It's so not like a typo. The, it's not. The, we don't wear like the stickers. I, 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 we, yeah. actually, we actually have you know, formal uniforms. So I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me right now? I go, pick it. You, it says ticket. No excuse, ma'am. And I'm like, I'm like, OK, so just uh, here's the beat Navy one again. And I said, make sure by next you know, morning formation that you have this squared away no later than lunch formation, which I knew was going to be a haircut formation. And so Pickett comes down. He has a name tag. I'm super psyched. I'm like, okay, good. He's got a name tag. He listened. Yeah. You know what it said? No. Dick it. Shut up. <laughs> it did. Do you think he was just dicking with you? Maybe. <laughs> but all I know is what I said is I go, you're fucking on your own. And I go, hey, everybody, look at Pickett's name tag. It says dick it. Yeah. And he, he was gone like a like a couple days after that because he just, everyone, I was protecting him for a while. Right. But then it's, you know. Oh, God. And then. We used to do fun spirit missions, mm-hmm. you know, just like most colleges, I think, right? Yeah. 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 I know Connor's done it at TCU. And when they play like Texas Tech or Baylor or whatever, well, we would do spirit missions for football games. And there was one time we were upperclassmen and we, you can finally drink on campus as a senior mm-hmm. if you're 21. Okay. If you're not 21 oh, and yeah. you get caught drinking. You're in shit. You're in the, you're in the brig. It's a very, very serious offense. Is that a thing? The brig? There's no brig. Is that is that navy? You just Sorry. get you just get hours, disciplinary tour hours, okay. where, where most people just walk back and forth, and you can't talk to anyone. You just walk back and forth with your rifle, which is really hard in the winter, by the way. Oh God! You just walk back and forth. So, and just West Point is in New York. Yeah. What part of New York again? It's right off the Hudson, so it gets okay. really, really cold. Freaking cold. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're walking back and they let you take breaks and stuff Mm -hmm. because you got to eat and Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to warm up. You get like frostbite. But there was one night where we all went to the officer's club because we're allowed to do that as seniors. And it was a spirit mission night and there was an officer on duty and we were out after taps. So that's a no go. And uh, so we we were a little bit hammered and the officer started to approach us and chirp at us. And I said, Show me what you got, old man. And because it was dark, so he doesn't know who I am. And I'm I'm a runner, so try to catch me, old man. And that asshole, like, he... He he was holding his own? Oh, yeah. We were running for, like, like miles, and my poor counterpart like blew out his knee oh no you suck at you troublemaker i know i know oh my god i know and then the 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 one thing that we do at west point that is so rad and it's i tell people this story and then they see it and um actually there was a cadet that's that's new there and and she's this year and i tell her this is my favorite thing so at christmas time we have a dinner with all of the cadets mm-hmm. and we're all in our formal dinner wear and we have wings in the mess hall where we eat and each wing has you know a few tables mm-hmm. or whatnot we do the 12 days of christmas like you've never seen mm-hmm. and it's the one time where all of the officers that are in charge of cadets mm-hmm. kind of look the other way and we 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 take our belts off and we flick butter i mean it's it's chaos like food fight oh my it's, God. but it is a it is like the the it's such a great tradition and 
climbing on tables to seeing five golden rings and it's it's really really great so there's a lot of really neat things that special we traditions do. just like yeah. well, just like a lot it's, of schools yeah yeah so it's not just torture well that's good that's it's good. not just torture and i i think for me just like when i walked on harvard i'll never forget i was a a runner that uh, we were having a away meet and we got to stay the weekend at harvard i don't know i feel like there are some campuses where you feel like really special things have mm-hmm. gone on here. Mm-hmm. Special people have been here. Right. And I do feel like that with my alma mater. Like you walk around and you've got a statue of Eisenhower and, yeah. you know, Patton and people that have like great. George Washington. Yeah. Yeah. MacArthur. Know. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think people that make it through four years of that, they have a lot of pride in, in that accomplishment. Yeah. They have a lot of pride. And I would say, I think, would you agree? It takes a lot. Of, you, you have to have a lot of grit. And oh, yeah. I mean, the grit needed to get through that, I think, says a lot about a person. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, it does. And I know there's been um, a c- case studies done on grit. Grit, you know, got to have grit. But to me, yes, I think because it's very tedious and they basically you come in, they strip you of everything, they break you down, and then mm-hmm. they slowly, slowly give it back. You know, it's kind of a process of slowly giving your privileges back. And your first six months, you don't have, you're not allowed to have even a radio in your room, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, but then Christmas time, when you come back, oh, guess what? You can bring your brand new boom box. And right. so they strip you of everything. And it's just very, very tedious. So I think you learn to persevere and mm-hmm. to not view the setbacks as catastrophic mm-hmm. and that there's another day. And I mean, the mindset, I mean, it's definitely you have to have the right mindset or I would think you would not succeed. That would be hard for you, someone to succeed without that. Yeah. And there's no tears. I mean, mm-hmm. that, it's not mm-hmm. a place for the, you know, emotional. Right. Me, right. me pre-empty nest finish line would not go well with West Point. Well, do you wonder, I mean, with today, you know, today's world is so much more accepting of, you know, emotional struggles and in the sports world, you hear about it and mental health issues issues that it's more acceptable to talk about. Do you think that the military is, have you heard through all of your connections that there's any kind of more acceptance in that arena? I know that the military and especially the academy, because as taxpayers, we're, you invest a lot of money in mm-hmm. each cadet. Mm-hmm. I think when I was there, it was like $250,000 per cadet to get them through the four years with wow. the training, with everything. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, you need them to graduate and become officers and serve, right. serve the country. You don't, sure. you don't want people to quit. So I, I think that they have kind of come a long way with, with women Mm-hmm. As I said, because women are kicking ass there, yeah. right? And in sports and long way with women, but I think a long way with understanding that generationally things have to be a little different because they want them to graduate. Right, right. I mean, I was blown away when I saw one of the cadets took a picture of a room and sent it to me and then they let them actually put up like a California flag. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like almost like a dorm room. And so keep in mind when I was there and we would get a room ex- inspected, if your deodorant in your medicine cabinet cab was even slightly off tilt, you would get written up. Oh, wow. So I think they're, they're, they've loosened things up, you know, quite a bit. Wow. But, but I do, I will tell you that 
I there I do mentor cadets that go to the military academy, and I there's been two from our kids' high school that have gone. Mm-hmm. One is still at West Point. One dropped out of Annapolis, the Naval mm-hmm. Academy. We, we don't like those people. But <laughs> both had monumental meltdowns. Yeah. Monumental meltdowns. And I told the one at West Point, I said, I, so she's got, you know, mama's so proud and very proud mom. And she said, oh, and she's heading into the academic year. I feel so good. And this is great. She's going to handle it. And I go, hey, I go, I'm going to warn you, tsunami's going to hit when she goes back. She goes, well, why do you say that? Then they're going to be in classes and stuff. They can't mess with them. And I go, because she's been in an environment during training where for every 10 cadets, like new, they call us new cadets when we just come in. We're not really right. little cadets until mm-hmm. we make it through training. For every 10, there's one upperclassman. When she goes back to academic year, for every her, there's going to be now three upperclassmen. Mm. So the ratio is just switched. Yeah. For every 10 plebes, there was, or new cadets, there was one upperclassman. And now you've got three people, six eyes on you, right? Right. Versus one-tenth. So, and that's exactly what happened. And, you know, thankfully there's resources there that, you know, when people do have their meltdowns, because they happen. I had one instance where I, a lot of cadets will tear up their rooms, that's their way of coping. Mm-hmm. And then they'll- Because then no one can see it. Yeah, then they'll fix them. Mm-hmm. They'll just like throw chairs and, mm-hmm. and do all that shit. I had one instance where, and this was during basic training, I got caught by, up, up with like 10 upperclassmen. I had to go do something. I think I had to go um, deliver a piece of laundry somewhere. And I was coming back and there were 10 upperclassmen outside and mm. they just- they just were like every single one of them was just teeing off on me. And I think I'd been at that point, one of the only females that had not cried. Yeah. And they and, wanted to break you, I bet. Oh yeah. And it was awful. It was like 20 minutes of just being peppered. And finally I could feel my, my mm-hmm. chin started mm-hmm. to shake. Mm-hmm. And one of the upperclassmen looked at me and goes, you know, get the hell out of here, writer. Cause I think he knew like, mm-hmm. oh, she's about to break. And I, mm-hmm. I think he didn't want to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, they put us one time in the summer, all of us like sardines in the basement mm-hmm. with our, and it's really hot in the summer, cold winter in the summer. And then had us put our rain gear over our uniform. And like, we were like sardines, like in oh, the basement God. and the, like, no one's going to leave it in, until the first one drops. I mean, that's how hard that's, it was back then. Yeah. Like they would never do that now. No, they, they, no, you know. But but yeah, and I remember we and, and it was finally someone dropped in the front row because you know we were trying to hold each hold other you, up. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. So yes, it takes grit. Yeah, it does. You yeah. think it? You think your kids would survive it? That's a really good question, uh-huh. Lisa. Well, I, you know what? I was really disappointed that Connor didn't even entertain it. Because I think he would really like the military stuff. I think mm-hmm. he would be really turned on with shooting guns and all those weapons and the whole bro mentality. I th- uh, yeah. And but I think I think Sean would he would be my interesting one because he, he was a football player that kind of took it because he was smaller, took it on the chin. My gut says that neither one would be able to handle the hazing so well. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, Connor's went gone through pledging a fraternity, right? And there's yeah. a little bit of that nonsense that happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think the I think the academics and that and not being able to choose and I think I don't think it would be for them. Right. Especially Sean. He's too much right. of a free thinker. Mm-hmm. And he would say something stupid. 
<laughs> he, no, I'm just saying. I <laughs> love be, you, Sean. He'd be doing a lot of marching. Or what is oh. it? Or walk in the yard. <laughs> oh, God. He'd set records. Wait, you know, because he, he's a curious kid, He's. I don't think he could hold his tongue. I think he would yeah. want to know why. Why are we doing this again? Question or, yeah. authority, yeah. which yeah. is not not allowed, right? Yeah. Okay, here's a good one. What? Which one of your friends do you think would survive? <laughs> who okay. else? I'm going to put it positively. Who of your friend group do you think would have been able to to make it through? Well, I have really smart friends. Mm -hmm. So let's rule out academics. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they'd all get through the academic part. Mm -hmm. Physical part, I've been on a hike. Mm -hmm. We've been on a hike. Mm -hmm. Oh, I would definitely not. (laughs) You can rule me out. (laughs) Yeah, and Eileen, because, you know, she she wouldn't, you know, Eileen would take guff from no one. Right. Um, I'm going to say Lauren Reynolds. Yeah. Because I saw her power up that friggin' Mm -hmm. mountain like there was no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. She's very disciplined. Mm -hmm. And I think that she's got a healthy enough ego where she's not going to quit. Right, right, right. She's not coming home and say, oh, I quit. So I'm going to bet on Lauren. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bet on Hillary Loretta. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you one more. I think Susie. Susie might go. Yeah, she's competitive enough to, you know, she has that. And and I I, I secretly think she would like the weapons too. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I always, I mean, I shouldn't forget about that, but in, in, in our topic of conversations, never once did I think to ask you about the weapons. Yeah. Did you like the weapons? I really, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I really liked firing all of the different, and I've, I've, I have fired everything. Wow. Automatic, semi-automatic cannons, mm-hmm. uh, grenades. I mean, mm-hmm. grenades are really fun. You know, you pull out the pen and you got to let it, they call it, you got to let it cook in your hand. Oh, geez. What if it's. So like, you let, because you don't want to roll it in because you, you normally you, roll it into a bunker when they have to do, you know, I don't even know if they still use grenades that much anymore, but they can roll it back out. Oh, and, shit. And then it's on you. So it's, it's, it's so got to, you got you to let it cook in your hand. So you count to like, depending on the type of grenades, like let's say six, and <gasps> then you throw it or roll it. Um, those were fun because, you know, it's kind of like, how accurate am I? And then boom. And then I really love Stinger missiles. Those are so great. <laughs> What's a stinger missile? You've okay, seen her. You can see her right now. She's got her eyes are crazy. And she's so oh, excited. I know. Oh my God. So sting, stinger missiles, you've, you've seen them in all, just about every movie. They take out airplanes. <laughs> so you put them on your like oh, your, on, your shoulder. on shoulder and it just, it's like, a, it, oh, those are badass. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And those would knock you. You would think it would knock you over if, if you shot it. Because is well, the there was this thing that it's, it's since it's since been retired. It's called a drag dragoon, and it's kind of like the Stinger missile, but it's super duper big, and you have to turn around and say back blast area clear because it has such a back blast that it, it you know you could take someone out from the back and then. Oh, but those were really hard for me because I was tiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Aww. and that's one 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 thing I will tell you like is you know, kind of to thread this back to all women, because I know this is very specific to my experience, is the one thing that I think I did that was really great was, and helped me get through it, was Mm -hmm. I embraced my differences. Mm -hmm. And we're talking a lot about, you know, there were a lot of physiological differences. And I didn't look at that as a a hit on me. Mm -hmm. Like, look, I I couldn't, in a tank, Mm -hmm. you know, those shells that you you put in, there's no way I could lift that. Right. I just couldn't. Right. So it's like, okay, I'll do this. You, you be the lifter. So I think, you know, you find the differences and, and 
you're okay with them and not look at it as you, you, none of us are Swiss army knives to a degree. We, we, there's things that we just cannot do. Well, I mean, that's the way it is in anything in life. Yeah. It doesn't have to be just military. I mean, absolutely. You know, like corporate world, there's corporate, just going to be some yes, things. That's, we all have our strengths and not, you know, we all have our strengths. We play yeah. to those. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. My last meaty question. Ooh. <laughs> then and now, would you do it again in today's day and age? 100%. You would do it again. No, no question. I would asked. do it 100%. One, it, yes, I had to give six years of army service, like real army mm-hmm. service afterwards. Mm-hmm. Boy, some of the best years of my life, the things I've learned, and I got to see a lot of the world. Mm-hmm. It was free. Mm-hmm. And so I had no student debt, and that was really, really important to me. And two, I think I was very much in need, not knowing then this, of the structure. Yeah. Because I had so much of my life was free flow and on my own, and I didn't didn't really have a good moral compass, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, my azimuth was pointed wherever... I Whatever was it, serving you at that moment. Exactly. Right. And I think this gave me like, okay, this is how I want to, you know, go about my life and I, how, how I want to view success and things of that nature. So, yes, I would do it again and again. And I always tell people that the military academy has given me far more than I could ever give back, ever. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. And it's opened a lot of doors for me. And one thing I will tell you that is a benefit of being a woman, mm-hmm. especially back when I was coming up in the corporate ranks. So I got out after my six years and then I jumped right into the job market. Boy, I got a lot of open doors because, wow, she went to the military academy on my mm-hmm. resume, right? Mm-hmm. So let's bring her in just even just to check check out what this one looks like, right? Right. So, uh, yeah. No, it definitely. I And I would say um, the closest thing to that, I think now a lot of, is you see a lot of that with athletes. Athletes, Having playing a full time sport in college when you were saying that, I mean, obviously, there's not all the other stuff going on, but it's, but it's a full time job. Yeah, it is a full time job. And I think that when athletes come out of college, there's that bit of extra respect because they know they were basically being a full time student and a full time athlete at the same time. And if they can manage that, then yeah. what, what, what can they offer my company or any kind of extracurricular activity that takes up so much. So, yeah, um, I, I, I agree. You know, yeah. that's the reason why I like, you know, mm-hmm. 97% of C-suite executives yeah. are, are former athletes for women. Right. Right. Um, and you checked all those boxes, girl. Well, and I will tell you that I think that's one of the reasons why Sean had a compelling resume for college because he played football for four years mm-hmm. and that is a rigorous program. And yeah. I sometimes think that we take that for granted. We don't look at all of the things that some of these kids have to manage right. and manage through. And and that includes, you know, you brought up me- mental health. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of stress. There's a lot of stress. A lot of stress. And so, yeah, I would think that they would get a leg up on, on certain opportunities because of going through that gauntlet of, of stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, my dear, Ah. I did a little research and I decided that you probably know a lot of this stuff, but I, I also decided that when you Google the army, Uh is it really boring? There's not a lot of sense of humor in the army topic. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Like your sense of how you survived with your sense of humor and not you, that must be why you got in so much trouble because it's really dry. But yeah. 
kind of needs to be because yeah. that iconic scene with um, Tom Cruise and you want me on this yeah. wall. You, you need me on uh, this wall. Yeah. Or people die. We yeah. lose lives. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. So, okay, we'll just do a little trivia. Okay. For, this, Lay, is, this, is Lo, this is Lowe's lightning round, but now it's Lisa's. But boring army. Yeah. <laughs> but Lisa's lightning round today. Okay. So there's a little, just some fun trivia or just trivia. <laughs> what branch of the military has had the most presidents? And army. I'm not talking academy. Army. Okay. Of course. And do you have any, happen to know how many? 14. Close. 16. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then none is 14. No, like we've had 14 presidents not serve in any military. Then state militia is 10 and Navy is six. Just, to, just in case you were wondering. Well, you know why? Why? Those Navy squids, you know, they don't, they're not real leaders. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay. All right. Here's a good one. What brand of sunglasses were created by an army officer? Oakley. Meh. Ray-Ban? Yes. Wow. Yeah. We did good on that one. I know. Lieutenant General John McCready asked Bausch and Lomb to make sunglasses for his pilots that would block the rays of sun and reduce the nausea and headaches. Thus, the company Ray-Ban was formed. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting, actually. Yeah. Okay. True, false. The U.S. Army, if it were a city, would be the 14th largest in the United States. True. False. Oh. It'd be the 10th largest. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? No. I just messed that up for you. Just a twist with you. <laughs> about So it says that just over a million soldiers currently serve in the Army, and about half of that number are on active duty, um, and then the rest are makeup reserves and stuff. But to put that in perspective, a city filled with soldiers would have more people in it than San Jose, Austin, Texas, Jacksonville, Florida, San Francisco. And second, and they're also the second largest employer to Walmart. That's kind of sad, actually. Why is that sad? Because why do we need so many soldiers? Well, okay, that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. And they're all over the world, right? Yeah. I mean, we're stationed yeah. all over. God. Yeah, that's a lot. So, yeah, big. Yeah. Big, big, Wait big. till the aliens come. Oh. Okay. We're ready. Here's one. Name the movie that was awarded the first and only Academy Award for a director to a woman. And her name was Catherine Bigelow. Oh, the movie was really good. After Dark? Nope. Wait. It was the, um, oh, no, it was the guy that had the, the oh, gosh. Jeremy Renner? Yes. I, I can't, Hunger Games. No, oh, not Hunger Games. You're so Wait. close. So close. Like, oh, okay. What is it? Starts with an H. The Hurt, the Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, that's right. Yes, The Hurt Locker. Best Director, 2010. She was the first woman. Wow. Yeah. That was a great movie. That was a good movie. I remember that one. Okay. What is a five jump chump? That's, that's, okay. You know this. I know, I know, you know this. this because I know you know this. I'm, I am an airborne officer. So in order to be qualified as airborne, mm -hmm. you have to do five jumps. One has to be a night jump and then four day jumps. And then if you never, ever jump out of an airplane again, you're a five jump chump. Yes. You wear yes. the badge, but you're not really airborne. Ding, 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 yeah. ding. You nailed it. I knew you would. All right. Turtle head. Is that one you guys had? No, but no. I'm assuming it's the same as a dickhead. When you wear your <laughs> helmet, you kind of look like it like kind of spallet yeah. or a turtle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This said it was a new recruit still in training. 
No. Oh. <laughs> Maybe they wear a lot of helmets. Can we go with dickhead? Let's go with dickhead. <laughs> okay. I like that better. And then finally, big chicken dinner. Big you, chicken dinner? Yeah. What is that acronym for? Big chicken dinner? I don't know. Bad contact discharge. Is that, uh, a, is that one in the army? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Bad conduct discharge. Yeah. Big, yeah. They call yeah. them big chicken dinners. Yeah. We have a lot of, we have our own language. Yeah. Oh my God. The acronyms. It's crazy. It's crazy. I just yeah. tried to find a few, okay. but even, even military people have like multiple for the same thing. I know. It's crazy. Okay. You did awesome. You got a lot can of I them get, right. Can I get yes. like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this instead. <laughs> I'm really into our new sounds this, this season. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you for taking me on that adventure. I know that's out of your like wheelhouse but you did great and well thank you so did you well, thank i mean you. thanks yeah. for sharing your and stories I, and, and i hope that i answered questions that burning minds want to know and i i you know i get it mm-hmm. so and thank you for showing the interest and thanks to our listeners who've been asking they've yeah. been wanting more breakdown on they're very they're curious minds about you in the military and yeah. west point i think it's because Lots. they see me now and have a hard time reconciling mm-hmm. like how this tiny little blonde feisty feisty woman off the cuff person Mm -hmm. made it through there and so i I get it and i am happy to entertain any questions if you want to dm she's a 10 all right okay that's it that's a wrap so can we like please end on a little song yes i want to i want to end on an army song Uh, i'm gonna give you something good okay are you ready for a little on brave old army team let's do it let's do it okay oh you're digging it, aren't you? I want to salute somebody. Well, salute is that, Shalon. Is that, is, is that offensive if you're a non-military person and you salute somebody? It is. Okay, that's right. Don't thought. be doing that, asshole. I won't. And I know you love when I call you that. I know. Well, <laughs> if I salute you, you can call me an asshole. Okay. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This was fun. Thank you, Lori, for sharing your stories. Well, thank and you for, for serving. Thank, thank you. you. Seriously. Yeah, thank you. All right. We're out of here. Bye. Hey, gang. Make sure you're following us on Instagram so you can see the latest content on our guests and our fun episode moments. That's she's a 10 times five. T-I-M-E-S and then the numeric 10 and five. And also come check us out on Patreon at she's a 10 times five. Every week we do a session called gossip. Get it? Take a sip of something special, a splash of something that you like, and come join us for current affairs, a little controversial stuff that we like to talk about. And also, we'll rehash the guest of the week and the topic. And it's a whole lot of fun and a way to engage. Yes. And wherever you're listening, don't forget to hit subscribe and share with friends. And really, let us know what you think by shooting us a comment. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Follow us on Instagram at she's a 10 times five. Click on the link in our bio to listen. You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe.